Good morning and welcome back to the Bees Academy podcast. I'm Pete Sterling. And I'm Barbara Williams. And how you doing, B? I'm doing great. Today's Friday. It is Friday as always. That's when we put these out. And so this week we've been, this week, this month, we've been talking about Halloween, Dia de los Muertos, and kind of the educational value of celebrating holidays in school. And up until this point, we've been talking a lot about the cultural aspects and um, just kind of getting to know each other as as people. But I think now is a good time since it started raining this week. Which is going to be great for what we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. We're going to talk about our educational garden. And the reason why we're talking about the garden is because the, the pre-Christian origins of Halloween being the harvest... And we now are being in the harvest season. I think it's a good time to talk about what value a garden can bring to an educational system. I I think you're absolutely correct. Um, Because gardens actually encourage children to bond with the earth. You know, to actually know how and where their food comes from. It allows them to see how the earth encourages not only the thriving of the plants that they that they harvest but also the thriving and the growing of the human host uh yeah absolutely i mean from a from an educational standpoint i think that witnessing uh the whole life process of of uh, a plant from seed to harvest really is more illustrative of of what's going on than what you could see in a in a book. And so especially when you're dealing with really really young kids uh boring them right off the bat and making making science feel like work is a kind of a way to turn off young scientists and I think to it kind of in keeping with all of the rest of the Bees Academy philosophy is that things need to be fun. And they need to be interesting. And if they're not, uh, a kid's not going to follow you there. Yeah. So. That is, it should be fun, interesting, and challenging. You know, sometimes uh, growing things is a great challenge. You have to make sure that you have what you actually want to grow in an environment that's going to allow it to thrive. And in so doing, trying to create that environment where the plant's going to survive, you have... A huge amount of well you have the you have the science so there's knowing how things should work but then you also have a lot of critical thinking you've got when things don't work what do you what now yeah you gotta gauge the weather to make sure that the weather's going to cooperate with you and it's not going to actually prohibit your crop from thriving you've got to uh, analyze the soil to make sure that what you're planting is going to thrive. And then you've got to make sure that you monitor and water uh, the stuff that you're planting to make sure that it's going to come to fruition so that you will have something to harvest. And then the critical thinking comes into play when you've, you kind of know what you're trying to do there. When things go wrong, you have to look at it 
what is it that's going wrong and trying to figure that out. And so you've got a lot of problem solving in growing it. Um, farmers are amazing problem solvers. They're also really amazing at diagnosing uh, a situation and then kind of predicting what their needs are going to be into the future. I think the uh, the classic example of that is the, the Farmer's Almanac that comes out every year. This, uh, people kind of treat it as a curiosity, but it's also, it comes from something. It comes from a lot of that old wisdom that people gathered over over years and, and analyzing patterns to it's figure your guide. out. It's, it's your a, guide. As a guide to to what's what might be. So at you know at our garden what we have is we've got a couple different experimental areas where we're building a greenhouse where you can practice perfecting the environment so you get the perfect situation and that that acts as your baseline so that you know kind of where what a plant needs to have the perfect the perfect environment and do well and what we call those are starts and that way we can decide as a group what we want to plant in our garden or we leave those individual decisions to our students as to what they want to plant based on what is actually thriving as our starts. And when you make those choices as a group, they can basically look at, I mean, they can make a mistake. I mean, if you, you may want to grow, a lot of times we want to grow things and it's just not in the cards for us. Um, I think every gardener knows failure. And oh, I don't know how many times I've tried to plant a specific kind of pepper in my garden during the summer, and sometimes the the environment is just not inducive to having that kind of pepper thrive in the location that I've planted it. Right. So that's you know having it, having it be a very dip. I'm trying to say democratic system where. Uh, you know, a class basically decides together, but then we also have certain areas where each individual student will pick their own uh, set of plants, decide how they're going to use their own space, um, do the space management, and monitor their own garden. So I think that's, I think doing it both as a group and individually, I think gives students two different perspectives on on that. Yeah, and you know, some students may want to plant things that they eat regularly, and we as a group would want to encourage students to plant things that they may not really like, maybe on the edge of, I don't know if I like it, I don't know if I want to plant it, but if we encourage them to plant things where they're on the edge, and they actually see it come to fruition, maybe they will be encouraged to eat it. What if a student wants to plant flowers for their mom? Well, I mean, flowers and plants, flowers and plants, they coexist with each other, depending on what type of flowers you plant. Um, I have noticed that certain flowers, if you plant flowers near certain tomatoes, they will actually thrive and they will actually lend their energy to each other. 
And then you have something to cut and make your mom happy when you bring her home. Correct. And also eat. So you can bring flowers and produce at the same time. But there's actually another science element to planting flowers around your garden, too. And that's the attracting of beneficial bugs, especially bees. This is Bees Academy, after all. <laughs> we, like to, we like to propagate and pollinate uh, scientific knowledge throughout the garden as well. So that, that part is really nice, too. Um, I also like the elements of building character, which is always a, it's a standard core principle of our educational system. And I think that when you have the responsibility to keep plants alive and to grow them and to see them through, you are, you're put to the, you're put to the test of your character a bit. You have to always maintain your your notes well and you have to be responsible to keep up your watering to keep up your weeding to do what it takes to uh, to care for this other living being even though it's not an animal being it's a plant being but you you do that and that's there's a high level of responsibility there and at the end of the growing season there's the reward of success Yes, gardening is a great motivator for learning about responsibility, uh, learning about accountability, uh, putting all of those core principles into uh, a physical space where kids can look at things, how they grow and how they become strong. We also would have that coincide as to how they become strong. They can look at what it takes for a plant life to become strong and thrive, and we can transfer that to how they become strong and thrive. How so? Well, just like you have to have uh, your seeds in an environment that is going to allow them to become strong and thrive, Bees Academy has created that environment that will allow kids to become Uh, strong and thrive based on the core principles that we are engaging with them in okay i smell what you're cooking you're you're basically talking about how in in from our perspective we have to lay that we have to lay the the ground and cultivate the education of our soil fertilize (laughs) the soil create the environment where lots of learning happens lots of uh fluorescence and critical thinking Analysis, all of those things happen when you're gardening. Um, When you're bonding with the earth to produce a living being, a living Plant. plant, then you have to include all of those things. You have to analyze the soil. Is the soil providing the nutrients that's needed to allow the plant to grow and thrive. And it's the same thing with a, with a young mind. You have, to, you have to plant it in an, in, in an environment that allows them to get the proper nutrients that will allow them to grow and thrive. Well, and to further your metaphor about growing plants and uh, you know, basically educating young children is that Every plant in your garden 
is going to have a different set of needs. It's the nutrient makeup of the soil that it wants is going to be a little bit different. The amount of light and water that it wants is going to be a little bit different. And what it produces at the end of the day is also going to be a little bit different. And that's okay. That's why we plant a diverse number of plants in our garden. We don't just plant tomatoes. We plant tomatoes along with the basil, along with the onions and the garlic. And we create Italian food from that. So the same is true of a classroom. You've got your kids are each going to have slightly different needs. There are certain universal needs. Absolutely. But there are each, each kid's going to have slightly different needs. And a good cultivator of, of those is going to get the best fruits from that labor at the end of the day. So you're going, and so each kid, you know, you may have a kid that's especially talented in art, another that's especially talented in math, a very good reader, a very creative thinker, a critical thinker, a musician, an athlete. Any of those things are great and wonderful um, uh, final products that the student may produce. But in order to get that out, got to the teacher, the educator, the school as a whole has to cultivate that. And you've hit on something really uh, challenging, I think, uh, the growing cycle. The growing cycle is different for each and everything that you are going to uh, plant and cultivate. That transfers to our educational students as well. Their growing, their learning cycle is sort of like our growing cycle. And so you have to recognize your growing cycle. And we, as the administrators and the facilitators for school, we have to recognize our students' individual growing cycle, which allows them to grow and thrive. So to continue the metaphor of using the classroom and education and in general as kind of the soil in which you grow your plants, we the educational garden itself kind of acts like a teacher of, of sorts, a third teacher, in the same way that the classroom acts as a third teacher. Absolutely. So in many ways, what you're learning is what the what the you're learning what the third teacher is teaching you. So you're learning from your own mistakes and you're trying to figure out what's going on, how to how to fix it, how to do better next time. And then obviously the test at the end of any, any unit is the success of your of your harvest and your experiments. Absolutely. And and that instills further confidence in your projects. Since Bees Academy is a project-based type of environment, it is imperative for us to introduce as many of those based project learning uh, activities to our students to build confidence and competence. So not only are they learning how to grow, they're learning how to harvest, they're learning what to do when they have an overabundance of the produce that they have grown, which goes to our composting. It's obvious that we cannot um, give you everything that goes on in our uh, educational garden because we just don't have the time for that. So we're just touching on 
um, the basics of what we are teaching and what our children are learning through our educational garden. Well, that's right, but you, you kind of touched on on surplus, and surplus is a super important part of agriculture. We live in an agricultural part of California, and that's where you've got preserving for later, so you can't eat all of the tomatoes today because they'll go bad in a week or two. But what you can do is you can make spaghetti sauce, you can make salsa, you can can tomatoes. All of those processes are things that you do to stretch the harvest so that the, the value of the work that you put in over the course of your whole growing season extends your usable time into the winter. If you are doing it as a business, all of the surplus now becomes what you are able to sell and what you're able to uh, profit from or at least at least get that value from the work you put in during the year in the form of money. And that is how we teach our, our students all about money, how to save, what to spend. Um, those lessons become invaluable as they progress in their daily life. Well, no, and that's, uh, you know, Sacramento loving to uh, purport itself to be a farm to fork capital of California and also being a place where the farmer's market is one of the places that people love to go on the weekends, no matter what community they live in, in the Sacramento area, they love to go to farmer's markets. And you get to, it's something that is a really well-rounded lesson in and of itself. So you've got, if you've got student business people running a farm stand, you can, there's a lot that you can learn about what is it you're going to put on the stand, preparing it to make your product presentable. And then you have the, the math aspect, accountability and making sure that you get the right, you get the right, um, value for the product so you're just determining what what should this zucchini cost and what is the cost of a zucchini and how do you calculate that that's a very interesting math problem and it's not something that the problem is given to you by a teacher it's the problem just happens to exist in the world and then the students themselves have to figure out what the answer is yeah and you know that's a, a wonderful way to involve families and our community Families of our students would make it most invaluable if they would also get involved in the, the uh, students or their own particular child's uh, vegetable or fruit stand, uh, accompany us to uh, farmer, farmer's markets, or we can set up something similar on our school grounds to have uh, family volunteers to sort of man or assist in manning some of those stations, which will further be a bonding experience with students, families, and communities, which these Academy, we want it to be uh, looked at as a community school. Absolutely, and that's, I mean, that kind of brings us to uh, another element of that is the, the community service and being an active member of your community and 
So all of these things that are major elements of what we value in education can be found in in an outdoor educational garden classroom. So you've got the character building of and the, the work ethic. You've got the science. You've got your math. You've got business sense. You've got community service and being a member of your community as well as um, just enjoying it and, and having fun. And the, and the classroom, the third classroom teaching responsibility, accountability, um, mindfulness, all of those traits can be included and encouraged by participation in our uh, outdoor educational lab. Yes, absolutely. So I think um, I think it's a good little, just a good little summary about like what we're really excited about with our educational garden and the the garden lab, and then the 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 way that that gardening plays a very valuable role in educating young people to to know about their academic su subjects, but also to learn about the world and, and be excited about about their learning and, and enjoy coming to school every day. Um, is there anything more that, that you have to that you'd like to share before we tie a bow around this one? Just remember harvesting and that means harvesting not only produce but young minds is an essential thing that we have to encourage in our students throughout not only their educational journey but their lifetime journey journey yes yes and so we are bees academy um, please check us out on beesacademy.org that's our website you can also find us on social media facebook instagram and of course if you have any topics that you'd like to hear us talk about please send us an email at beesacademy at gmail.com that's b-e-a-s academy we hope that you have a very great weekend we uh, hope that you enjoy this uh beginning to the holiday season and we will uh be talking again next week with a uh our first interview a first person who's going to come on the uh podcast and we're super excited about this um so if we've if we sounded a little bit different today, it's we've been playing around with this new technology so we can uh, take our take this show on the road. And so we we uh, we hope that we've uh, done OK on that respect. So we will see you guys next week. And we want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Have a great weekend.